0: Hello and Shalom everybody. My name is Julia Jassy and you are listening to Nice Jewish Girls, brought to you by Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. Before we get started, if you haven't yet already, take this moment and subscribe to the pod. You won't regret it, trust me. On today's episode, we are sitting down with Carly Rothenberg Freeman, an entrepreneur and an unconventional philanthropist. Carly's story is really cool because she's dedicated her life to mitzvot. Well, not just to mitzvot, actually, but to one mitzvah in particular, tzedakah, usually defined as charity. When you're talking about the creator of an organization called My Tzedakah Fund, this statement is not an exaggeration. Carly has quite literally dedicated her life to tzedakah. Tzedakah is the Jewish value of charitable giving of righteousness, of giving whatever you have the means to give to those in need, to better the world around you by helping however you can. In Judaism, tzedakah is not just a random act of goodwill. It's a moral obligation. Carly takes this moral obligation to heart. She hopes to improve the access people have to tzedakah, not just for multimillionaires you usually think of as philanthropists, but for average people. She modernizes an ancient tradition in a way that is impacting so many lives. And I want to ask her, why tzedakah? Why did she connect to this mitzvah in such a powerful way that it became the focus of her life's work? I am so excited for you guys to meet her. Let's do this thing. Carly Rothenberg Friedman was born and raised in New York. She attended Queens College, where she graduated with a double major in English Literature and Psychology, Summa Cum laude and Phi Beta Kappa. Carly has always been driven by a deep desire to right the wrongs of the world, constantly seeking for and yearning for sedek, or justice. This drive led her to dedicate her life to the Jewish community through nonprofit work. She has been able to combine her love for Jewish nonprofits and her entrepreneurial spirit in the creation of MySedaka.com, a tech platform dedicated to bridging the gap between the next generation of philanthropists and worthy Jewish charities all over the world. Additionally, Carly finds joy in running an all-female team of what she calls mom entrepreneurs. Carly lives in Jerusalem with her husband, Mark, and her daughters, Noah and Amalia. Carly, it's an honor to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Let's get right into it. So I want to kind of start off in the beginning and ask you about your experience and your background growing up as a Jewish woman. Where are you from? What role did Judaism play in your life growing up? And how did that take you to where you are now?
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm from Long Island, New York. I grew up in a predominantly Jewish community. I went to a Jewish day school, a Jewish day camp, a Jewish seminary for my year in Israel for two years. And now I live in Jerusalem and Israel. Um, So I've always really been very involved in the Jewish community. Religion has been a very large part of my life. As I've gotten older, and I kind of left my Long Island bubble, I moved Mm -hmm. to Israel. I became a mom um, my my religion identity, I would say, shifted tremendously. Um, Judaism means something different at different stages in your life. Like when I was young, it wasn't a choice. It was a given. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as an adult and as a mother, it's become an active choice. It's It's the community I choose. It's the spaces I choose to occupy. It's the home I build. And it's the way I teach my daughters. I feel like when my Judaism became a choice, it became a richer and more fulfilling experience.
0: I think that's super interesting because it seems like your experience with Judaism comes from two different places. There's the religious aspect and there's also the professional aspect because you're involved in the Jewish nonprofit world, which is a very particular experience and anyone involved with it will tell you that once you're in, it's hard to get out. And I'm curious um, how that first started, how you were interested in
1: professionally getting involved where you started in that respect being in the Jewish nonprofit space was such a natural progression for me. My first job right out of college was for a Jewish nonprofit. I was there for six years. I've been in the Jewish nonprofit space for 10 years now. Something about nonprofit work has always called to me. I can't imagine doing something every single day that wasn't like changing the world or impacting the world or impacting people in some way. Mm -hmm. And specifically the Jewish nonprofit space, I was brought up in a household where, Sadaka, like giving back, being involved in the Jewish community, being on boards, like helping out was always just, it was like a given. It's like part of my identity, specifically being in the Jewish nonprofit. And then also being in like Sadaka space feels very essentially me.
0: Not only are you now in this space of Jewish nonprofit work, but you're also in this space of entrepreneurship. So how has that shift happened for you? What inspired you to start your own organization after working for other organizations for 10 years?
1: Yeah. So because, um, I've been working for Jewish nonprofits for the past 10 years, it was really a natural progression for me to then, you know, start my own company Mm -hmm. where I was kind of giving back to the Jewish nonprofit space. Um, I realized that there are these gaps with the Jewish, with Jewish nonprofits that I want to fill.
0: So can you tell us, you're talking about filling these gaps. What is my Siddhaka fund? How does it do that?
1: So my tzedakah fund is a tech platform that's geared towards the next generation of Jewish philanthropists Mm -hmm. to empower them to give tzedakah that's meaningful and authentic. Um, We aggregate and automate your charitable giving and create stability for the Jewish nonprofits all over the world. So when I was working in the Jewish nonprofit space, I realized that it's really hard for Jewish nonprofits who are really doing like God's work, changing the world, giving back, and they kind of have to beg for funding and they have to beg to be seen as a real business. I think nonprofits in general have this unique challenge where they're really changing the world, but they get their funding from people who donate to them instead of, you know, from like selling a product. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm trying to, you know, ease the burden for a Jewish nonprofit by introducing the concept of monthly recurring revenue. So I built a platform that um, kind of activates users to be giving small micro donations on a monthly basis. All nonprofits want monthly recurring revenue. They Mm want to know that they have the ability to plan effectively, to to know, you know, what kind of program they can do, um, how they can hire um, they want to know that they have funding throughout the year and not just, you know, when they run their Rosh Hashanah campaigns where everyone remembers to donate, mm-hmm. um, nonprofits spend months and months and months fundraising, but they should be spending months and months and months, you know, doing the amazing work that they do that we can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this unique experience working in the nonprofit space and seeing that. And I also have a unique experience being a Jewish millennial. <laughs> even though giving sadaka has always been a huge part of my life, I realized that I wasn't really authentically or meaningfully giving anywhere. Mm-hmm. I was kind of giving when like my friends were running for a marathon and they'd post about it on Facebook Yeah, and then, like I would donate to their cause. But like, you know, I didn't even know what the sadaka I was like, I didn't even know what they were doing with my money. I didn't even know what the cause was. And so I wanted to create a space or a platform that really answered the needs of the next generation of philanthropists, like our generation. How can we give Sedaka in the most impactful, meaningful, transparent way possible that also, you know, speaks to the fact that we expect a certain level of sophistication from the, from the technology that we use. Like Mm. we want things to be automated, to be customizable, to be easy and frictionless. So I kind of created this platform to answer those two needs. The fact that, you know, we need a place where we can donate authentically and really become philanthropists, even though we can't give a hundred thousand dollars and also trying to respond, trying to answer the need of the, of the nonprofit who are, you know, begging for funds when they should be able to have monthly support. So I'm really, really obsessed with this idea and I want to make sure that I understand this perfectly.
0: So Let's say you decide, okay, I'm going to donate however much money this month. You log on to the website or the app, um, and you'll say, "I'm going to donate to this organization, this organization, this organization," um, and then every month you'll continue to have that like automated donation to those websites. So you can actually like
1: actively decide where you want to donate depending on the cause that you're passionate about. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, I realized that and and there are studies done that also show this, that mm-hmm. millennials and younger, we are so passionate and so actively engaged in changing the world. But the nonprofits right now really aren't set up to talk to us. They're not really so busy with like getting these micro donations. Mm-hmm. And also like there's there's not so much transparency. So I so when what happens when you sign on to the platform is um we basically offer you different charitable categories. Are you interested in women's organizations? Are you interested in special needs in Israel defense? Um, And then you choose what you're interested in and we offer you charities that fit those categories. Um, And our, our, we have a growing list of, of charities and you can add as many or as few as you want. And it builds you this like beautiful wheel that shows you your multifaceted charitable giving traits, you know, 70% women's organizations, 13% you know Torah education, Mm -hmm. Um, and then you choose an amount you want to donate every month, and we automate it. The average amount our donors give is like $180 a month, and we they split it amongst six to seven nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing is that it becomes their ideological commitment. It's such an active way to choose where you want to make an impact in the world. Like, what's your charitable legacy? Like instead of just, you know, giving money because there's this pressure-filled campaign or you feel guilty because it's Rosh Hashanah or you realize you haven't given tzedakah, instead of making those pressure-filled, guilt-filled choices, you are making an ideological commitment and you're bringing it into your life and you're making it a part of who you are and you're committing to it every single month. And the best part is, you know, you only have to take out your credit card one time, then Mm -hmm. it's automated for you just like, netflix or anything else in your life so you know that your sadaka and the the charities you love and you chose are actually getting like more substantial commitment from you and a higher level of support than if you were giving them that one-time gift on rosh hashanah this is like a
0: an awesome version of Netflix, yeah. <laughs> I work for three different Jewish organizations right now, and I feel like this is so important. And I wouldn't have ever thought of this idea, but I love it now that I'm hearing about it. And I'm really, really curious: why Sedaka? This seems like a super simple question, but there are tons of mitzvot. What really drew you to Sedaka, and then that you connected with?
1: I mean, like I said earlier, Sedaka has really just been such a—it's such a constant in my life. It was really a, a huge part of my upbringing. I've always been. Um, a really empathetic person like i always feel i feel everyone's feelings and like i feel like if there's an injustice in the world like i can't sleep until justice is served like it's hard for me to like it's hard for me to scroll through instagram and see like something you know see things and like not stand up for what's right and that's always been something like since i was a little kid um i always feel like i need to right the wrongs like and i need to take care of people I, it's it's like really been something that's very ingrained in me. And I think ingrained in my family. And so Sadaka has just been the easiest way, I guess, for me to express that because obviously I can't run around the world and take care of everybody. But like, I do feel like it's my responsibility and, and not not my responsibility in a bad way, but like an opportunity, a privilege for me to be able to you know transform the world in that way like i have what to give and it's it's an opportunity for me to be able to give it it's and the whole goal of my sadaka is to make people feel that sense of giving sadaka should be an opportunity and not a burden it should feel like a privilege when you're giving and it should feel like you're getting in return and it's not just you don't feel that pinch of i'm losing money here
0: it seems like from your perspective you also get the chance to see all of the incredible work people are doing in the Jewish world, because once they log on to your platform and meet with you, you get that vantage point. Are there any particularly inspiring stories of organizations that you wouldn't otherwise have known existed um, that are doing really important work that you have been honored to get to
1: know about? Yeah. I mean, every nonprofit that applies, first of all, they go through a really thorough vetting process. Like we need to make sure everything is transparent. Everything is kosher mm-hmm. um, and that the money's going where they say it's going to go. So I do have these really, I I've built these really amazing relationships with all the nonprofit leaders on my platform. And there are some that are huge that everyone's heard of and they're doing such tremendous work. And then there are the small ones that no one's heard of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel such a privilege to be able to expose them and I can give you two examples. Yeah, I love that. Sure. One of them is called Yad Mm LaKashish. It's here in Jerusalem and it's a nonprofit that's helping the elderly in Jerusalem. I think like 65% of them are Holocaust survivors, Mm -hmm. but they're mostly Olim. Like they're mostly people who've made, who've made Aliyah to Israel, like from Ethiopia, Russia. And instead of just like, you know, giving them food, giving them money, they actually created a business for them where they come to work every day at Yalla Kashish and they train them to become artisans in different crafts like ceramics and sewing and painting. And they make beautiful, beautiful things that you can buy. And so they feel like they're going to work every day. They get all the benefits that you would get in Israel for having a job. They get bus passes and food and they take them on trips and they get birthday bonuses. And so they feel like they're, you know, like part of the workforce and it mm-hmm. keeps them young and it keeps them thinking. And I just think it was such a beautiful way to embrace the elder community without making them feel like a pity cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one example. Another example is a nonprofit on our platform called Lo Dot Mineged. And it's to help Israeli women out of the cycle of prostitution. Mm-hmm. So it's a really like it's it's a very secret, you know, undercover organization um, because they're trying to maintain these women's like um, dignity. Mm -hmm. But the whole point is to help them feel empowered to be able to leave the cycle of abuse. Really, that started when they were very little and they felt like they had nowhere else to turn. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like such a powerful organization and they're doing such tremendous work. And like, every time I speak to these nonprofits, I'm like, oh, I want to add you to my funds. Like every single one of them. I love them all. Like they're changing the world and it's really hard for me to choose, but I did. I made the choice, like what feels most essentially me, like what feels most intrinsically Carly. And that's how I made my funds. The rest of them, I just hope everyone else will donate to them because I do, I feel guilty not, not donating to every single one. I love them all. They're all so special.
0: That must be the ultimate networking opportunity for you. You get the chance to meet everyone. Um, and also, just from a from a personal perspective, just to hear the incredible work that people are doing. Because, I mean, I would never have known that those two places existed, and they are both incredible. And I also think that in terms of kind of public awareness, I mean, who, if you're just an average Jewish person— living your life in another part of the world, you'd never know that this was an important issue in Jerusalem, that there were 65% of the people who are kind of coming to this organization are Holocaust survivors who need donations, who need to make a living. You would know that there's this kind of cycle of abuse and prostitution. From a perspective of social awareness,
1: it also kind of opens your eyes on that on that front. Exactly. And that's why like Sedaka comes from the root word "sedek," which means justice. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I see Sedaka. And I'm trying to um, you know, push that messaging and that education through our platform because I think if more people saw that giving Sadaka is really a form of social justice, it's just its right to be giving to be giving back, to be making Sadaka a, a, a de- like a democracy for all of us to be giving what we can and to be caring about what's outside of our small walls, you know um, that's really, uh, the whole point of what I'm doing. That's why, um, people really think that philanthropists are these like rich people, you know, Oh yeah, that's that millionaire over there. He gives a hundred thousand dollars to this organization, that organization. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to do is make every single one of us feel like we're all philanthropists. Like we can all be changing the world, micro giving, giving, you know, $100 a month, $50 a month, $18 a month, mm. that makes you a philanthropist because when you're making the decisions, when you're choosing the causes that you love and that feel like you, and then you're making that ideological commitment to support them every single month, you're a philanthropist, you're changing the world. And I I, I want more people to engage in tzedakah that way and to feel that about their tzedakah giving.
0: On your front, not only do you help, hold this hat as a philanthropist, but also as an entrepreneur. Um, What has that experience been like for you, kind of starting something new? Um, And I'm sure even getting funding from your own respect is kind of this paradox. What has the process been like to begin your own organization from an entrepreneur point of view?
1: Yeah, it's been a really interesting, but really exciting experience. being an entrepreneur is awesome. Mm-hmm. Being a female entrepreneur is, is really, really cool. And also like I have a full female team that we've been building this past year. I'm like, mm-hmm. I actually really, really love it. And there is an interesting paradox that I'm trying so hard to raise money for all the charities on my platform that I kind of like forget that I'm also supposed to be trying to raise money for my <laughs> own nonprofit. And, you know, everyone would say this and like, you kind of like brush them off. Cause like who actually thinks this way, but like, I really care more about the bottom line of like p- more people giving Sadaka and like more people thinking that their $18 a month is, is important. And like making these committed decisions. Um, I'm more, I, I'm just like, I, it, it, it's so much more moving to me to be fundraising for the nonprofits than it is to be fundraising for myself. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think my board would be happy to hear that. <laughs>
0: Um, and you have an all-female team right now. Was that intentional?
1: No, I just love women. <laughs> like I love, I mean, of course, yeah. women. I just think it's a, a richer, more fulfilling experience to be able to share that female bond. Like we all have this energy, mm-hmm. and everyone like fully understands the mission, and like it's really like in God's name, everything we're doing. And there's something about the fact that we're, we're all women that makes it like really cohesive and like a, a beautiful, like working environment. But yeah, the, the team's been growing and it just happens to be that every time I hire someone, they're a woman.
0: <laughs> That's really, really cool. Um, And you'd mentioned that you love being a female entrepreneur in particular. How has that experience been for you? Has it been, I mean, I'm sure it's it's not been an
1: easy road, but but how has that kind of duality been for you? It has not always been an easy road. And I say I love the fact that, like I'm a female entrepreneur because I did work for a lot of nonprofits in the past, and you, there is this underlying, um not to sound so cynical, but there is this underlying experience for a woman who's at a high level in a nonprofit, that they're always the only woman in the room. Mm. And if they are the only woman in the room, than, you know, with a lot of older men. And oftentimes they're the, even if they're the ones who, you know, are the ones who have all of the successes, they're usually the ones who have to take notes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so being a female entrepreneur, running my own company, um, a lot of the meetings I'm having are also with older men. And there are always those like little nuances where like, I feel like I can't wear this because it makes me look too girly. I can't wear this because it makes me look too young. I can't wear this because I have to be a little bit more conservative looking. Like. I have to put all those thoughts into every single one of those meetings that like my husband wouldn't have to and all Mm -hmm. the other men wouldn't have to. Um, But I always go into these meetings, like I I always have to have a mantra in my head. Like you are awesome. Like you are a boss and like they want your product. They want what you're giving them. And like, I have to remind myself because it's an intimidating thing. But at the end of the day, when you can present something like this, that makes so much sense for every Jewish nonprofit and for every Jewish philanthropist. The fact that I'm a woman doesn't mean anything to them. It just means something to me.
0: Yeah. Your work is just too good for them to ignore. (laughs) (laughs) And how has that, this mission, this work, this like commitment to Sedeqah impacted your life outside of the
1: professional sense on a personal level? Because you're really dedicating your life to a mitzvah right now. It's great. I mean, it's awesome. First of all, it's, it's, super funny that I've become like the Sadaka lady, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my friends and like random people that like I once knew a thousand years ago, like reach out to me, like DM me on Instagram or or, like text me and they're, and they're just like, they have questions about Sadaka. Like they have Mm -hmm. questions about certain organizations. Have you ever heard of this? Um, I'm thinking about donating to an organization that does X, Y, and Z. Like, do you have any good recommendations? And like, I kind of love (laughs) having that reputation. Like what other reputations do you want in your life? Um, like, I feel like I'm, I'm creating this, this legacy for myself. Like I'm, I'm starting the process of creating this, this, this legacy, this impact in the world. It's awesome. And it's what, and it's what I want everyone to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want my daughters to be able to see as well.
0: That's really great. And you're, you're really helping people to help people. And that's a great thing to dedicate your life to. And you're right. What other reputation would you want to have? Talk about a positive reputation. Um, and you talk a lot about lessons that you want your daughters to take away from this, which really, I think, brings us naturally to our last question and how we like to end this for every guest on Nice Jewish Girls. Um, this podcast gives you know a voice to so many incredible Jewish women who have been doing really great things in their professional lives in the Jewish community And we want everyone listening to this, but particularly young Jewish women listening to this, to have access to mentors, access to advice, to feel like they are more empowered and more informed in their life decisions. So, the final question I have for you is what advice would you want to give to, to everyone listening to this, but to particularly young women listening to this, on how to navigate the world as a Jewish woman
1: today? It's a great question. It's a heavy question. Really, I think what's so important as a Jewish woman and just as a Jew in general, um, there's no one way to be Jewish and the way that you're Jewish, you should never look at anybody else and, you know, try to mimic their way of being Jewish because once you do your Judaism becomes so inauthentic. Um, Being a Jewish woman can be full of like beauty and it can make your life rich, but only if it's, if it's authentic to you, if it's your chosen Judaism and Once you feel pressured from anyone else, it it won't be a beautiful, rich experience. So really just choose the Judaism that feels most authentic to your inner self and live it every day proudly. That's really great advice.
0: And Carly, it's been an honor to get to know you and to speak to on this platform. I really thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. There was so much that I loved about this conversation, but one thing that really resonated with me is the way that Carly took this tradition that has existed for thousands of years and brought it into a modern conversation. Today, more than ever, young people are getting super involved in social causes. We want to play an active role in defining the world that we get to live in. We want to be a part of change, not a party to it. In a lot of ways, this is the thing that I get from Carly and her work. She takes this idea of philanthropy, which is something that feels so inaccessible to so many of us, and she gives us access to it in a really meaningful way. Carly Rothenberg Freeman is so much more than a nice Jewish girl. She is an innovator who has dedicated her career to bettering the world around her. You know, when I think of tzedakah, I think of those tin cans that used to give us in Hebrew school. I remember walking into the classroom and dropping a bit of spare change into the tin on my way in. You know, I'm not even quite sure where that sadaka even went. I was just doing the mitzvah because, well, that's what we all did. Imagining a world where sadaka is a passion project, where giving to organizations with missions that really speak to your heart is the new norm. It's inspiring. It leaves me wondering where else can this concept take us? How can we continue to reimagine what it means to be a Jew in our modern world without losing track of the tradition that has endured for so many millennia? And this, my friends, is where we'll leave you for today's episode of Nice Jewish Girls, hopefully a bit smarter and a bit more inspired. I would love, love, love to hear your feedback and suggestions for other Nice Jewish Girls to host on this pod. Email us at podcast at Jewishimpath.com. Join us next week when we'll be speaking with Dr. Erica Brown, a scholar, an author, and an interviewer. Nice Jewish Girls is a production of Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. Rivki Stern is our producer, and I am your host, Julia Jassy. Check out jewishunpacked.com for everything Unpacked related, and subscribe to our other podcasts. I want to specifically recommend Unpacking Israeli History where every episode, my colleague Noam does a deep dive into different events in Israel history. I love it because it's actually a really nuanced and honest portrait of stories about this messy and amazing place. Check it out and let me know what you think. And remember to follow Unpacked at all of the social media places like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just look for at Jewish Unpacked. Talk to you later, ladies.